Welcome to Aw Crap, the Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, baby. And we're back recording remotely for another episode of Weird Tales. Yeah. It's, you know, the... Weird times call for weird tales. That's the catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I'm 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 enjoying going fun. over these non-canonical con- con- canonical uh, storylines. It's fun. It also it is really. I, yeah, I've been have I've been really enjoying them. Like even if they're not, some of them are fantastic, and then some of them are like okay. But either way, I still am enjoying reading them. You know. Yeah, it's a good. It's a lot to consume and it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how much I can be quickly. Like I love Mignola. And then when I, somebody else touches his stuff, I'm like, "Mm, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So critical. Well, you really see that he's just the best at it. Like he's just, you know, that's what we all fell in love with. And for good reason. He's so good at it. Yeah. He's so good at this character. He is. He really, he created something that's very near perfect in that sense. Of yeah. His, his, his storytelling and depth of it. There's something yeah. that happened on Instagram because our last episode, I I posted about the, the Injustice 2 um, actor being possibly the best Hellboy vocally. And yeah. we had quickly a couple of responses. Some people were like, even, <laughs> even though the Ron Perlman exists. And I was like, I was like, I don't want to get mad or try to troll another person. But I was just like, I feel like we have to be pretty open to interpretation and possibly like, I just think we have to be open to the fact that there might down the line be Hellboy people that do like either animation wise, like in Injustice 2 or Maybe down the line, a movie or an, a TV show or something, they might do a better job than Ron. Not yeah. not because Ron's bad, but just that like Ron is only one version of it, and that yeah. and that's how Guillermo sort of heard it. And I just sort of called out like we all kind of always hear, we all have Hellboy's head or his voice in our head when we read it. Yeah, and unfortunately, Mike Mignola is the only person that has his voice in his head. And, right, the actual voice. Yeah, we of can't. The character. We're never gonna be able to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we might as well give a. Give I want over. Mignola to cast that person. Yeah, who would Mignola? That's a good question. I would love to ask him. Like, who is the perfect? Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> sounds or, like horrible. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if, like, to him because he's so. He's written so much about like old timey horror movies, like old black and white, and that. I wonder if he has someone in mind in his head, but it was like an older act actor. You know what I mean? From like an older yeah. generation. Like I wonder oh, if yeah, maybe. I immediately pop in my head. I would love to pitch to Mike Mignola and see what he would think of like. What if we cast? And this is kind of relevant to what you've recently watched a movie that you told me to watch, but I also had only partially seen night of the hunter. Yeah. I, I wonder if Robert Mitchum would have made a, a good Hellboy. Probably. I mean, he's so creepy in this movie though. Like he's like, I mean, maybe he would have because he's like, he has that working man quality and stuff in, in night of the hunter. He is so scary. And yeah. Yeah. Just like, Oh, 
weirdo, like a degenerate <laughs> weirdo. It's he, really such a cool movie. I, I, I didn't know what to expect. Like, and it's not perfect. Like, there are a couple of things where it's like, okay, XYZ character is very easily duped. And right. you'll see, like, when you watch it. But, like, but, yeah, I I thought it was fucking good. I, I don't know if he, I, maybe, like, aesthetically, like, I bet he, like, could cosplay. <laughs> Hellboy really well, like, in the 50s. Yeah, I, I mean, it would yeah. be a, definitely a different version of Hellboy, but I just, I don't know. He seems like, out of all those old classic actors, sort of the build of his body, his facial structure seems like, it would make it would be so perfect for a Hellboy. Yeah, that's who I that's who I would th- go for. That'd be cool. I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head because even like I'm thinking if you liked uh, Night of the Hunter, you should check out. It's also not a perfect movie, but Robert Mitchum is good in it, and there's some good sequences and scenes. Uh, you should see the original Cape Fear. Okay, he's and you said what else did you say yesterday? HUD. HUD. That was just because it's on Amazon Prime. Um, I'm not going to push HUD. It's a very manly kind of movie, but it's good because I love Paul Newman. <laughs> I like Paul Newman. Uh, Robert Mitchum, though, in Cape Fear is pretty great. And he's just a good villain. So it'd be interesting because I think I think that's also a thing that maybe is like, I love when like a villain, like in cinematic like world, or like an actor who like traditionally plays like a hero when they find like a good a villain role for him or the reverse, you know, I love when they yeah. do that. And that's sort of like what I would love, like with a Robert, why I'm going with Robert Mitchum on this. So hardly <laughs> is that I think Robert Mitchum did come off as a very, like he would, I think that's the types he would play is very like coarse. A lot of times the villain, I think overall. Yeah. So it'd be nice to have him play counter that by playing a character that everybody expects to be a villain but he's choosing to be a good guy, which is what Hellboy is. That's interesting. That's how I would go. You know, I like that thought process. Yeah. So, and I just, I just think his face is pretty damn perfect for Hellboy in my yeah, mind. Yeah, he does look really cool. Um, he just has like a. He'd be natu- a good like model to like base if for like if uh another artist was like drawing him. Yes, and he just I don't know why Robert Mitchum looks like a little bit of like. He looks like he could be half demon, just his normal yeah. facial structure. He's got like a impish, like, but like <laughs> his face is like a full face, but he's got like this, like, uh, yeah, like a scamp expression about him, you <laughs> yes. know? It's like, what are you up to, <laughs> you charming bastard? Yeah, up to no good. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, this is another tangent, but I also love in that in that realm of like flipping people. One of my absolute favorite favorite flips, which I thought worked so well, was Liam Neeson in uh, Batman Begins. Yeah. I thought they played into the audience's expectations so well. Because in the zeitgeist, we had known him as like sort of always playing those like mentor characters. Like he had played fucking Phantom Menace as like this wise old Jedi. Right. And they immediately played into all of us thinking that, that like, oh yeah, of course he's going to be that. And then in the end he was the villain all along. Yeah. It's like, it's just a, I think sometimes movies do that once like Batman begins, they do it very well. And then, you know, you see a slew of movies that try to do it again and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into these storylines, 
that we're going to be covering today. I had I wanted to throw in a segment that we haven't done for a while, but it's a, a little segment that sort of like ridicules myself or us when we make mistakes. It's a segment <laughs> called Hell If I Know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just assume that we're wrong about something. Every episode, we're like probably hundred you know, percent something in there. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. I, like, I almost wish there was more emails about correcting us. <laughs> People uh, are like, ah, we can't keep up. I'm all, yeah, exactly. They're like, <laughs> I this email I've sat here for twenty minutes writing is all about corrections, I, and then they just delete it because they're just worn out. <laughs> uh, all their spaces <laughs> filled. Like Google's, like you have no more space left. <laughs> We're ruining Google. <laughs> but the thing I wanted to correct was one, uh, as I was editing the last podcast, these two things came up. You pronounced John Cassidy's name correctly. Kate, you said Cassidy, and I kept saying Cassidy. Cassidy. And I kept saying Cassidy, so I just wanted to call myself out for that. It's not Cassidy, it's Cassidy, <laughs> John Cassidy. Oh, okay. It's That's the way it's pronounced. And, you know, we, we're known for naming, uh, pronouncing people's names incorrectly for long periods of time mainly the man himself uh-huh. mike mignola <laughs> so i had to call myself out immediately on that one <laughs> um and the other one i wanted to call out was just um i i kept referencing something called mignolaversity uh and, and whatnot but the real source i wanted to to give proper plug to for those out there that are listeners if they haven't already hit up this site it's multiversitycomics.com again that is multiversitycomics.com and it is mignolaversity which is typically written in uh by uh the writer mark tweedell that's spelled t-w-e-e-d-a-l-e he is constantly writing about everything mignolaverse so if you really want to dive in and have good interviews with the creators of the mignolaverse as well as some dissections and responses to current publications by Mignola and the people that are, that are creating in the Mignolaverse, you want to check out his stuff. And again, that's on multiversitycomics.com, uh, and then it's Mignolaversity by Mark Tweedell. And he, he had one that was specifically very interesting that I started to dive into, which was about Christopher Golden teases The Outerverse, the Outerverse is all about, and it's a vast more expansion of the whole Mignola-verse. So you might want to, for those people out there, it's something you definitely want to check out. Awesome. I just wanted to give him a proper plug. Um, and you can also check out Mignola, Mignolaverse.com as well. They they have a lot of cool stuff as well. And if you want more that, uh, I'm, I you know, maybe this is incorrect to plug another podcast on our own. But, you know, we love our podcast, but, you know, People on Twitter have said, hey, could you, we're going to do our own Hellboy run. And I'm like, sure. I don't think I love our podcast. I want everybody to listen to our podcast. But there's so much out in the world. We're one. There's enough to go. You know, yeah, there's you enough to go around. We're, we, we, we're doing our one individual take. So it's like you definitely if people haven't heard, there's another podcast that literally this is the best part about this podcast, Kate. When I sat in bed going. What do I want to do a next podcast about? I remember looking over at my uh, my Hellboy library editions and going, all right, I want to talk about Hellboy because I love it so much and typically people don't talk about it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. So I did a Google search. There was no Hellboy podcast. Literally the week that me and you went live, 
our first publication, another podcast went ahead and went live as well. <laughs> so kudos to them for having the same on the same wavelength with us. But um, if you want to get into like a lot of in-depth stuff about the um, a lot of like the the research heavy kind of side of a podcast, definitely check out um, the Hellboy um, book club. They, they have that take. I like I, I, I will gladly admit and call myself out. I'm not a big research heavy guy. And it's not because I don't think it's cool. It's just that's not my my heart doesn't beat with like knowing every reference. I just don't beat that way. I'm more just want to yeah. I'm more present with the story that's in front with me. So I just want to open up to the world. If you're a Hellboy fan, there's a lot of avenues. You should you should seek them all and, you know, support them all because, you know, it's fucking cool. Hellboy is rad. Yeah, they might just like scratch different it, parts of like your fandom. It might be like, oh, I want to know every little tidbit about it. Yes. Which is uh, which is cool. Like, you know, and like I get in like waves of that where it's like sometimes I want to know everything and sometimes I'm like, I'm all set. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll start to dig in a little and like you'll get past like the surface level like knowledge and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then it goes deeper and I'm like, now I'm falling asleep. I just have like undiagnosed ADD or something. Oh, I definitely have that. <laughs> you think I'd grow out of it. <laughs> just like my asthma, I'm not growing out of it. <laughs> the coolest thing you've ever said. <laughs> it's just like my asthma. I'm not growing out of it. <laughs> Put a, another thing to add to my obit obituary. <laughs> Well, that's it. I just wanted to um, say that there's a lot of great things out there. As, yeah. And we can all, us that love Hellboy, there's, in addition to podcasts and board games and uh, news storylines and, you know, beer that we've been, you know, happily to drink and chocolates. There's just so much in the Hellboy verse that's awesome that we love to, to enjoy that for we, every sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's really cool stuff. And then the last thing I think we should just briefly talk about, which is something amazing going on, especially if you're a, 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 an art of Mike Mignola fan. Um, this is this is probably the most expansive like or specific um, hell to pay segment uh, because hell to pay means I really can't afford this stuff and I wish I could. But um, Mike Mignola has been doing this awesome thing where he has been um, on his Instagram. He's been like daily posting little sketches. He does in his style of various characters. Um, the most common ones that are uh, not common. So he keeps me the wrong phrase. The most recent ones have been really making me laugh. He's been doing like he yesterday, I believe a day before today we've been recording. He did um, Kellogg characters he did two. Yeah. He did two can Sam. He did uh, uh, what's the tiger's name from uh, Tony the Tiger? Tony, I could not think of Tony. Tony the Tiger <laughs> from Frosted Flakes, and then he did the little elves. Did like Snap Crackle and Pop. Snap Crackle and Pop was probably aside from like Godzilla and um and the Flintstones and a lot of amazing and Ultraman and a bunch of them. I just absolutely loved his. Snap, crackle, pop, because it made them. It's so funny. It's so funny, and he in his style they come out so creepy. <laughs> yeah, they're great. I love it. Um, but he's doing this thing where he's doing these drawings, but then he's auctioning them off for charity, 
So if you go to his website and you follow him, or not his website, his Instagram, and that is Art of MM on Instagram, which I bet every listener knows. And then you follow when he does postings. These are going up for large amount sums of money on eBay, um, but they're to benefit, you know, Chef uh, Jose Andres and their um, World Central Kitchen. It's a nonprofit organization, but it's definitely something to help um, right now during our ep- epidemic uh, or pandemic that we're going through right now in Brooklyn and stuff. So keep an eye on this. Um, if you have the money, I highly suggest snatching up one of those amazing sketches by uh, Mike Mignola because, God, if I could afford it and drop a couple $800, I would be getting them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I hope... Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just go to his feed. That will give you all the information. I haven't really paid great attention to it because I can't afford it. So I don't want to tease myself. Right. You don't want to tempt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but God, I wish I could get one of these. <laughs> They're extremely cool. But I just think that's great. I think him and his wife are doing cool stuff. It's like he, she's doing, she's making masks to uh, currently as well, as well as he's, he's doing these. Um, auctions of his great art for a good cause and charity. Yeah. It's amazing. I just think, you know, it's great to praise the man himself that created our favorite character. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I got nothing else there. <laughs> <laughs> check that stuff out. Everybody, please check that stuff out. Um, if you guys, if, if one of our listeners actually ends up winning one of those auctions and gets this, please let us know. I would love to see a picture of you holding that great art <laughs> that you bought for a good cause. So it'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, and let us be jealous of you, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's it for our segments. Hell yeah. Let's jump into some, uh, weird tells. We got three um, new storylines to cover. Um, I'll let you take over Kate. Sure. The first one that we looked at was flight risk. Flight risk. Uh, flight risk, yeah. And that's written by Joe Casey, illustrated by Steve Parkhouse, edited by Scott Alley, and originally published in Hellboy Weird Tales number two, April 23rd, 2003. Um, and I liked this one a lot. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. It's like, just like, like very fun. There's not like huge consequences for Hellboy or anything like that. And I just like the desert aesthetic of it too. Like I thought the watercolors were really nice. Like just the art looked cool to me. It, like that. Yeah. Overall just really enjoyed this one. Yeah. I really liked the look of it. That was my favorite part of it. It was very, it reminded me a lot of the look of Preacher. It's not the same artist, of course. I had the same thought where I was like, oh, this makes me think like something about the quality of maybe like the fact that they're using actual like watercolors, it looks like rather than like digitally painting. I might be wrong, but to me, this doesn't look like digital or at least not entirely digital, but I I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Either way, the style they're choosing to to color doesn't give off that like sort of classic like early image when everything went digital and they sort of hadn't. Yeah. So you could always tell the difference between. Yeah. Like there was a pretty stark difference. I mean, maybe it is, but it's, it's hard to tell. 
Either way, it's very pretty read. <laughs> yeah. The, if if it is if it is digital, they did it like really effectively, I think. It might be. Fuck me, man. I don't know. Hey, I don't know either. <laughs> um, at least these like blur effects probably are digital of like him. Well, anyway, the it starts with like in the middle of this like Nevada kind of nowhere in the middle of nothing at the gadget outpost, a place where uh, a well-known hangout for inventors and engineers. Hellboy's got a bomber jacket. I love that Hellboy has like jackets that couldn't possibly go over his right hand of doom. Yeah, like how it's funny. Like, like how, don't think about it too hard. Oh, you he can't just think looks about cool. It. it does look cool. Yeah. And also He looks like badass. Don't think about it too much. And I'm also like, why did BPRD make him like a like a this sort of style of pilot coat anyway? Like, why did they be like, yeah, let's use the budget to make Hellboy this jacket that he doesn't necessarily He needs need. an aviator jacket. <laughs> yeah, aviator. <laughs> That's like the whole bar. It's like a bar where these dudes hang out. And one of these guys who is like a BPRD member um, who apparently has like made a bunch of gadgetry and like probably like rockets and stuff for Hellboy before. They even mention like Hellboy's like Hellboy blows up his stuff and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just pushed a button. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I blew it up. But anyway, this character is getting his picture taken off the wall from the back of this bar because he has like lost his record for freestyle jetpacking. <laughs> it was taken away by a guy named Dr. Guam, which is like a fun comic book yeah. name. And he looks very German-esque, Dr. Guam. Uh, yeah, he's got like the lab coat that like buttons up like that and he's got the crashed rocket next to him in this picture. <laughs> It's really fun. And so he's like, uh, what's the engineer's name? Lloyd. Lloyd's like, fuck that. I'm going to get my picture back up on this bar. Uh, you know, hang on to this. I'll be right back. <laughs> they go out into the desert. He blasts off on his jetpack, And it's like a fun, like big horizontal sort of like composition of the page there. He blasts off and then he. Runs into giant desert bats. Insane. Like, things are going swimmingly until he runs into these huge fucking bats who smash into him, destroying his jetpack, which he has to whip off and then pop on this, uh, he has to hurry up and pop out his, uh, uh, oh my god, what's wrong with my brain, dude? I don't know, he popped his parachute? Parachute. Parachute. (laughs) Something's going on. I'm my isolation is driving me crazy. <laughs> he pops out his parachute, uh, and he's like, thinks he's free and clear. Thank, uh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That was close. And then, and of course, another bat comes along and thrashes his parachute. And then this guy, being a badass BRPD agent, is like, son of a, and then grabs the foot of one of these bats that's flying by, and it kind of like dips him lower to where there's like a. There's like a big, I don't know, lake in the middle of this desert. He splashes into the water, comes crawling back in, smoking and wet and like (laughs) just like a general like uh, this like shell shocked look on his face, you know? Yeah. He's like, I'll be taking this, Blanche. I just had a minor epiphany. Some things aren't worth getting your photo on the wall. 
tell Dr. Guam he can have it. <laughs> He's like, you know, <laughs> fucked up from this encounter that he had with these crazy bats. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the bar. It's like that record scratch of like walking in a bar moment. Yeah. Everyone went quiet. <laughs> Just really fun, man. Like, Very I really simple. like the, I like this guy's style too. Like the, it's like, I feel like we've said it a couple times with Weird Tales, but it's like more traditional comic booky to me. Like when I think of like a pulp comic or something, um, but it's just done really well. Yeah. I think it looks great and the colors look great and it's just a fun short story. I really, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I really like the look. I like, I think Hellboy's face is the most. I would argue that this is the most human he's ever looked in the face. If you, especially the that in the first page, the last the last uh, panel where it shows Hellboy um, like over the other character's shoulder, his face. Yeah, he's is, pretty expressive in this. Yeah. Like he's got yeah. He comes off very warm. Yeah, and very like human, and uh, just happens to be red. They're like just pals. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I really liked it too. I think my only my only argument or my only pickiness with this one is I wish it was more Hellboy. <laughs> I th- I mean, I don't hate that it's like Hellboy's kind of just there for flavor for this other BPRD agent. Yeah. Like, I do agree. He's definitely not the featured character. But it's also like if you get this assignment where it's like, OK, you have to do something within the Hellboy universe, but like. It's not canon and like any, you know, character choices you make with Hellboy don't really matter. They're not going to stick. Yeah. So like, I don't hate that it's featuring more strongly this other BPRD guy. Like Hellboy's there throughout and has like cool images, but. See, that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm only I, half I, and I half. I don't mind it. I, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I'm not. But I can see, I, I can totally see that um, being like, well, shit, I'm reading Hellboy. I want to read about Hellboy. Like I can see, I can see both sides of that for sure. Yeah. And I'm not, it's not like to the point where I think the story is bad or like I'm mad at it. It is for me, what we've read to this point, it's one of the stronger, strongest ones. I think so. Yeah. I just think it like, I wish the character, there's a part of me that just wants the character to be a character. I just know, you know what I mean? A little more. That's all. But it also still works, even though I don't, it's just me being like a little it's me being picky is all. And I hate that. I, I, can I be, can I admit one thing though? Yeah. I hate the last joke. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> oh, that he's like, I, oh, that. And I hate bats. No, not even that. I hate or bats. Or the whole, like him being like him shocked. Him, I'm funny if he's shocked. I hate that he decides to take his picture down. I hate it. I love that he earned it. And first, I it just I don't know why I'm like mad that this it's not worth it. <laughs> Look at what he had to go through to get but there. He still it's earned, not worth but it. But he earned it. It's not like he. I, yeah, but he's <laughs> like, what what am I doing this for? For a picture? He risked his life like three times within <laughs> one risky endeavor. I get it. But he earned it to be hung up. Leave it up. But with Guam gets it back, then be like, no, thanks. Let Dr. Guam <laughs> have it. I know. I get it. It's me being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to be digitally colored. Now that I'm looking at like certain elements of the background, especially. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. But it, I think they did a great job, though. It, like looks really good. Yeah, I mean, it looks 
It looks very... Somebody just has a really like painterly style with it, I think. Well, they're doing a great job because you fooled me. I think I think it it's got to be digitally colored, Blake. But yeah, um, yeah, I, it's a very fun. It, it had me two things that I want to reference that it immediately made me think of. It made me think of, and I wonder if the writer was even inspired by this a little. Was the movie The Right Stuff? I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard of it. It's a movie. Right stuff. Yeah, it's a movie f- um, about the f- first Mercury, like the the first astronauts. It's about that, and it's called. It's a a great movie. It's awesome. It's and it just it has the same feel because the whole movie is really like pilots that are trying to break the sa- that break the sound barrier and trying to just push the limit, and that's why they eventually become astronauts. Cool. But they hung out like in a bar like this. That's what they used to do out in the desert. So this story feels very influenced by that history. And I That's fine. and I really liked I'm writing the, it down. And I really liked that. It's a great like movie just about, you know, like humans sort of pushing themselves to a limit and expanding, you know. It's very cool. For scientific yeah, endeavors. And Causes. Yeah, yeah, something that might be frivolous, just going to space, but, you know, whatever. It's fun. It's just a good movie. It's a solid movie. There's a Sweet. There's I like Ed Harris. Ed Harris is I great. It up. The beginning of it's awesome when the guy, um, Chuck Yeager, who broke the sound barrier, I think I believe that's played by uh, Sam Shepard. That that sequence is amazing. So that's something I think this, this little story told, made me think of, and also The Rocketeer. Which is a classic, just fun movie, you know? Rocketeer's really fun. And that's what it made me think of as well. Sweet. That's sort of a throwback to that era as well, you know? Early aviation and all that. So, that's all. Any, And then, uh, I mean, I, if I had to pick, do you have any favorite panels or anything on that one? I like Hellboy looking up at the parachute. Like, it's just a fun angle. He's like watching his friend like float yeah. down. Um, just for like a little, it's just like a little panel. I like, I like Lloyd falling and like all his jetpack getting destroyed. Yeah, that's fun. I think looks cool. Them hanging at the bar. Like, I think there's a lot of like really successful panels here. I agree. I don't know. I'm a big fan. I really like it. I dig it. That first opening shot of the, the exterior is really pretty. I really like his action. In him going up on the rocket, the yeah, I think that's a great that whole. Structure I like Cowboy's expressions a lot too. Like he's still, he's still like pretty stony faced, and you can't even see his pupils in like any of the drawings. But he still is very expressive. Yeah, I agree. I like it. I like his look on his face when uh, the BPRD agent comes back into the bar. Yeah, I think that's really great. I have a thought to transition into the next the next story. Sure. I think these three stories that we're reading for this episode have a, a common thread for Hellboy. <laughs> I think they <laughs> present Hellboy as an asshole in all three of these in a sense. And here's... Uh, I think that, I think definitely <laughs> the other... Like this one, less so, but... I think it's less, but here's my argument for why. <laughs> he goes out to the desert to watch him, right? He gets attacked by yeah. bats and falls into this lake. A normal friend would would stick around oh, yeah. and help his friend. Hellboy leaves and goes to the bar. bar. It starts drinking again. Yeah. <laughs> and then that guy has to make his way back. 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, he'll find. <laughs> he's taking a long time swimming out of that lake. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, he got the record, but uh, I left him there. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, I get it's probably just for panel. That is funny. That is a good point. (laughs) But that's just, that was just to add to the theme of sort of him being a dick in these stories. But yeah, but that's it. We can move on to the next. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this one, he's real. I think like, I think people just like, I don't know, something about the language of the next two is like similar to me like it speaks to an era of like comic books that or like a i don't know like there it, it makes me think of like milk and cheese or something uh, like that yes where it's like these pithy sort of like witty kind of like dialogue and stuff like that which is very fun and like especially as a kid was right up my alley like i just thought it was so funny and the next one we're talking about is downtime and that's written and illustrated by bob fingerman and edited by Scott Alley, and it was originally published Hellboy Weird Tales number three, June twenty fifth, two thousand three, and basically just entails like Hellboy Roger and Abe dealing with some incidents in the office of BPRD headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that the opening is sort of like a fake out where it's like Hellboy, do- damn you, damn you, sick infernal bastard. And then, of course, he's talking about, like, the co- photocopier in his office. Yeah, and it's so weird that the photocopier has this line of, it has pictures of that drunk secretary's bare butt from the office holiday party two years ago. It's so yeah. weird. It's just, like, it's something that Cheeky. Bob Fingerman probably thinks is funny. He's like, what if we drew, like, a bare butt? Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Or, like, you know, like, trying to, like, I think trying to apply, like, Typical office antics to the BPRD headquarters is like this whole comic to me, like because you have an intern, you have him dealing with the snack machine. It's like very like run of the mill sort of like everyday kind of office like problems that anybody would have. And so I'm sure that's like what he's going for. His style of Hellboy is so cartoonish and crazy I, I kind of like it, even though it's like, you know, obviously this isn't like my favorite version of Hellboy, but I think it's really fun that he's like he, that he's having fun drawing this character. I do. I like the cartoonish uh, take. I like that he also incorporated into that cartoonish style, Abe and, and then our favorite uh, Roger. <laughs> Roger is so like gross looking too. Yeah. Like he's just like. He's got these like wavy lines like it makes sense because he like he looks like less solid than the other two because like inherently he kind of is. He's like yeah. made of spices and sh- and mud and <laughs> shit. So like, you know, he would be a little gloopy probably like it's a fun take on him. Yeah. So the, the fucking printers out of toner. <laughs> so they have to call in the interns and they're these little like imp devils. And they're like really adorable. A little, a little gremlin. <laughs> yeah, they're like little cute gremlins. Uh, Hellboy really lays into them. He is a jerk in this one. How's a guy supposed to file reports in triplicate, no less, if the freaking laser printer's out of ink? You know, screaming at the intern, picking the interns up by the horns. I love that he um, says, actually, sir, 
It's not a laser printer. It's a state-of-the-art photocopier with ultra-high resolution and whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love that um, Abe and Roger are like, holy hell, he's yeah. yeesh. Oigavolt. Oigavolt. <laughs> I love that Roger would say, like, Oigavolt, too. Yeah. He's like the most, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's just a funny, I guess, you know, it's like just giving Roger like a lot of personality here, too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then Hellboy wants to go get a snack from the vending machine. They're like, hey, you're a little hard on the intern. He's like, whatever. I need a I need a frosty beverage. And he tells him he's like a shitty dad. He's like, ah, I build character. <laughs> right. Builds character. I got to go get this. I, let's go to the next joke. And then he goes into <laughs> The break room with the vending machine. He has to break a 20, so Roger gives him two tens from his butt crack. Insane. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't, I don't want to know where this is from. He's like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so Hellboy's putting in this wrinkly, soggy $10 bill into the vending machine. Of course, the vending machine eats his money, and then he has a freak out about it, where he's like, Abe's like, take it easy, Hellboy. You take it easy. This lousy mechanical pickpocket just stole 10 bucks off of me and I didn't even give me a freaking soda pop. <laughs> you know, like he's like, and he's getting all like veiny and big as he's screaming about it. And he's like, there's a lot of like fun kind of like poses in the next one. Yeah. Super cartoony poses where he's like punching the front of the vending machine, like beating up the vending machine as though it was a BPR, like a monster yeah. that he's fighting on a mission. And then he collapses into the fetal position and starts crying that he doesn't have a soda. <laughs> you know? It's it's silly. It's the silliest. <laughs> this machine has defeated him. So they're like, don't worry, we'll go uh, we'll go to the deli and get you a soda. Roger puts an out of order sign on the on the vending machine. And then we see f- crawling out of the vending machine the little demon intern that Hellboy yelled at. Ain't I a stinker as he like drinks his soda and has his $10. Little stinker. <laughs> the intern gets him. He got him. And, and I looked up, I looked up Bob Fingerman and saw that he has, uh, he has this comic called minimum wage that looks kind of intriguing. It's not on hoopla, but, um, I might check it out. Yeah. It was... Cause it's just like it, it, the premise of it sounds fun. Oh, great. He... Where it's just like working. I think like in the 90s, like in the 90s and like early 2000s, I think people were just fed up working in offices, you know, so there's yeah. like a lot there. Totally. Um, it's very yeah. much that culture in response to office work and like middle America just being like drones. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And his humor, is it makes total sense because I was looking him up and he he it says here after drawing like a, a ska bands cover, of course. He worked in the disparate fields of children's satire, pornography, and, illus- <laughs> and illustration, producing work regularly for Cracked magazine, Screw, yeah. Penthouse, Hot Talk, Heavy Metal, National Lampoon, High Times, and The Village Voice. So it's like, cool. oh, looking everything. at everything. Yeah, and looking at like sort of that humor that comes out of there, especially Cracked and Le- National Lampoon, it's like, Oh, that's very present in this short story. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, the, that humor, that sort of like silly, at times vaguely crass um, humor. 
Yeah. Just like the, I, I, I think that this kind of language is like super, uh, like of the time in a way that I really love. Like, I love all that shit. Like, have you ever read like too much coffee, man? I've never read it, but I know the images and have seen it. I've never like sat yeah. down and read an issue of it. It's kind of, it kind of, it's, this is a little more like bombastic and zany than too much coffee, man. Like too much coffee, man gets kind of like existential. Right. But it's, it's still like the same kind of like ornate language. That's what it, it like makes me, you know, milk and cheese, like milk and cheese is like totally. all over this thing. You going to play me like that. You greasy collection of nuts and bolts and circuits and so on. Nobody makes a monkey out of Hellboy, Like all of that. Is just like so 90s, early 2000s comic books to me, like funny, funny book kind of stuff. Yes. Have at you. You like that? Huh? You want some more? Like all that. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. It is. And it's, 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 I love it's it. It's definitely, and it's of, I like, I like that that's like a huge swing style wise away from what we know. Totally. Because there's no attempt for it to look like Mignola's stuff at all. Yeah. It's like fully this guy's art. He has like a lot of fun with like the grotesqueness of Roger and like um this like cute little intern I really love. Yeah, the intern reminds me a lot of the the Flint's the this sort of is also making me think of Flintstones. The little Oh yeah. The whatever what's the alien called from Flintstones that that Fred sees and tries to convince everybody that he exists, but he can't, but no one believes him. Oh my gosh. I wish, wish I could remember his name. Great Gazoo. Great Gazoo. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it, the, the intern is very Gazoo like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, it's funny. His little noodly green arms. Yeah. Woo, woo. You can hear, I like this book too. Cause you can really with, just hear the sound effects in the style. Totally. And it's very fun. Like even this sound effects he adds, like the idea when Roger's writing down the out of order sign, it's like he puts squeak, squeak, squeak. Like he puts the marker yeah. sound, but you can just hear the animation in that. Yeah. That to me, they sat like, it, it's like in Ren and Stimpy when like yeah. muscular characters move and they have sort of a squeak to them. Yes. Like as though they're wearing like leather pants. Yeah. Like that's how I, I'm sure that sound would happen if Hellboy was moving. Then this, if this was like fully animated, Hellboy would squeak at every turn. He would be like, hundred <laughs> you know, just moving around. I mean, you can imagine Roger pulling that dollar out of his ass and it's, uh, I mean, oh, yeah. and, and if we're also putting this in Ren and Stimpy, there would be that weird, very artistic, super close-up of super Roger's close butt. Up version <laughs> that has like a sound of flies buzzing, yeah, and like a disgusting, like splattery background, <laughs> and, and like just a stinky dollar. <laughs> Which is funny because we're bringing up Ren and Stimpy, but you know Bill Ray who created uh, Ren and Stimpy. I believe it's Bill Ray, right? That created Ren and Stimpy. Uh, I think the guy who created. Created Ren and Stimpy. I don't think that's his name. I think it's a uh, oh John Criff John Criffalowski. I'm bad then, but Bill Ray John K. Bill Ray. Who's Bill Ray? Oh my God! I hope I don't have to delete this. Oh, he could also the creator of so Ren and Stimpy. It turns out is a huge piece of shit. Yeah, that's what which I've heard. Sucks. But yeah. Bill Ray, sorry, Bill Ray, William Ray. He is a contributor to Mad and and the Ren and Stimpy show. So he was like, oh, okay, okay. part of it. Sorry. He wasn't the creator, but he was part of it. He does, and we'll eventually cover this 
which is sort of what this book is very similar to. There's a book called Hellboy Jr. that Mignola and him collaborated on, and it's fucking wild. So oh, cool. just be aware that we're going to get to that eventually, but it's, it's, it's Ren and Stimpy Hellboy. <laughs> it's fucking, I have the trade paper trade back of it and it's fucking wild. <laughs> just a little teaser for you, Kate, if you didn't know about that and for listeners that aren't aware of it. Uh, I've definitely seen like the art, but I have not seen, I've not read any of it myself. It's fucking nutty as hell. It's, it's nutty as anything you think Ren and Stimpy is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think we've touched on what we loved about this one. Um, totally. Very, very fun and silly and great. And I, I, w- I just want to read it. I do agree. I, I really like the misdirect at the top. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, the next one, also super cartoony take on these characters, Abe Sapien, star of the BPRD. And that's written by John Arcudi. And illustrated, colored, and lettered by Roger Langridge, edited by Scott Alley, and that was published in Hellboy Weird Tales number four, August twenty seventh, two thousand three. So yeah, this is sort of like a Roger's fantasy, or excuse me, not Roger's Abe's fantasy of like an event of like a mission going down in the BPRD. So it starts out with Hellboy sort of being a little scaredy baby <laughs> and a, a monster chases Hellboy and he gets like chucked out of a, a cave where the monster was. Um, and Tom Manning is depicted as like Oz? the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. And he's like got this great booming voice. Um, another uh, like also examples of like sort of pithy like little jokes thrown in right here with Tom's like first line. So Hellboy, you have failed to complete yet another mission. I see. And again with the bleeding, who's going to clean that up? Not me, mister. Like the juxtaposition of having him like this big imposing character. And then, you know, scolding him like a mom that you get like mud on their floor. Yeah. Uh, It's very fun. (laughs) And Hellboy's just kind of like a little weenie. And he's like, that's it. We got to call in the big guns and, they like have trumpets blaring with like BPRD symbols on them and stuff. And Abe walks in. I don't know these other two guys that walk in with Abe. I don't know if I'm supposed to like, or maybe I don't, I've never met these characters before. Yeah. I, but you get, I, I, I thought uh, the like same a little, cr- a little gremlin. That's like his little Butler that ha- is holding like a martini and then a big looming sort of like Uncle Fester looking motherfucker with an aviator, <laughs> yeah. like an old aviator leather cap with like square glasses. He's very much Abe is dressed also like James Bond, like a classic. Yeah, Bond. Abe has like the classic yeah James Bond pose with his like arms crossed and his gun in his hand. He's got the BPRD jacket and Hellboy doesn't have, you know, Hellboy has no jacket. <laughs> and I really like this page. I think this page is really fun. Where Abe quickly gets the rundown of the monster. Uh, Tom tells him the case requires some top-notch strategy. And that idiot boob friend of yours just couldn't cut it. I'm standing (laughs) right here. Don't worry, Tom. I have a plan that just might work. And so Abe walks in and like the monster's in his little bed like a baby. Hey, you. Huh? And then he just lights up the monster (laughs) with his guns blasting. I have a plan that just might work. <laughs> like shooting Insane. him to death. <laughs> and then he brings in uh, 
you know, the corpse of the monster to Tom. Bravo, Abe. Like, you know, and then like beautiful women are swooning, swooning over Abe. Oh, Abe, I just love your slippery skin. And then that (laughs) this whole fantasy is interrupted by Hellboy walking in. Hellboy has his blazer. Abe's sitting there cold and slimy. Hellboy's a huge dick in this one. Like, there's no room for interpretation. Or He's just an asshole. Of total peace. In, like, a sex pot? <laughs> I guess a little bit. He's Or he's like, you know, he's like a, just a, he's just like a jerk. He's like an all-around office jerk. Like, this guy, it's another thing of, like, office life, of, like, there's a lot of jokes about Hellboy didn't clock in on time, but he got Abe to clock in, and he's like, Please, like, be quiet when you come in two hours late. I don't want to get in trouble. And Hellboy's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He, like, <laughs> acts like this office bro. Yeah. It's like this guy's interpretation of, like, Hellboy just strolls in whenever he wants. And he doesn't like paperwork. And, like, I hate that guy in my office who does the same thing. So I'm going to portray him in this obvious way that's, like, he's a real asshole. <laughs> it's very interesting that it's John Arcudi, too, who goes on to, to write BPRD. Which is why. Yeah, yeah. I think like, yeah, I mean, it's like clearly like a hyper exaggerated version where he like basically changes the character and makes him like, it's like, what if, you know, it just exaggerates that element of him. It's cool. It's it's interesting that like, too, in contrast to his BPRD work, which event like, especially the last BPRD storyline that we covered, Garden of Souls we loved how Abe got to be the hero that he always was, in my opinion. Yeah. And got to, and John Arcudi like illustrated that by his actions. Whereas this, I'm a, I, I'd have to look at the timeline when he wrote this, but it's funny how like in this one to make Abe the hero, he just turns Hellboy into a complete fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. He's like just doing a cartoonishly big swing yeah. to be, to like really highlight like, Hellboy gets all of the glory, uh, even though Abe is here also working for the BPRD. Yeah. And like, Abe's kind of a sullen bastard in this uh, comic, too, because he's just like sulking and like, not like, not, uh, he's like semi standing up for himself, but not really. Yeah, it's kind of a commentary, as you just mentioned, like to the fans. It's like, hey guys, yeah, like, Hellboy's great and all, but you have this great character you guys, none of you are paying attention to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Give him some focus. I think, yeah, it's like a cool, it's like a cool thing of like taking the side characters that people probably would relate to more. Like your average person does work in an office and probably doesn't get a ton, like, all of the respect that they deserve, you know, mm-hmm. like Hellboy is this, you know, he, he has his problems, but he is a big, tough guy who like clobbers shit. And <laughs> I think, to you know, most of us can probably relate to Abe's experience a little bit more than, than Hellboy, especially in this one. Totally. But I thought it was really fun. I like, I like the muted colors like the style is like very like I think when I was a kid I would really gravitate towards stuff like this like just like little things even like the way that the hands are drawn I like I really like and just the super graphic quality of it I think like as a kid was right up my alley like this would I would have loved this 
if I read this as a little child. Yeah, and it's a very it's very sharp looking. Even for a cartoony style, it's very sharp. Yeah. I like yeah. that a lot. I think it's really it's cool. You know, it's not I, <laughs> they're all non-canon. Yeah. It's all like <laughs> nothing's changing the character of Hellboy for real. But it is fun to like see somebody else's take on the character in that way. Yeah, I agree. It's very fun. I like the way he draws the cracks in Hellboy's right hand of doom too. Like how it's kind of like oh, yes. entirely black shadow except for like this white highlighted crack. I think that looks really nice. Yeah, that's a, sh- that's a great looking look for him. Yeah. I love it. One of my favorite lines, right when he gets kicked out of the cave with the monster, I love the monster walking back in his cave saying, God damn revenueers. <laughs> I don't know why. It's such like a funny... Uh, corporate sort of response to like the BPRD like they're just it's I don't know I find it very funny and yeah heightened in such a silly way it's cool yeah uh I'm f- do you have any favorite parts like I guess that that's probably my dialogue like, yeah other than that I mean I like I really like Abe's entrance and I think I really yeah. love Abe getting like surrounded I love that line that you read him in his fantasy yeah him is fantasy surrounded by those women and them saying, oh, Abe, I just love that slippery skin. Yeah, it's very silly. I just like how specific that is to like, it, like we all like if we fantasize, it's like it's like a classic thing to be like pick a trait that normal people think are gross. But then like only if they loved it. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that's very funny. Yeah. The ending is insane to me that he pulls a bra out of his jacket. But he went to that big party that he was at until five in the morning with the president. It's, it implies <laughs> Bill and Hillary were there. Yeah, uh, Hillary. yeah like heads of state and like kings. So he went to like a big orgy, maybe. I guess that was part of it. He's got a bra in his pocket. It's insane. Can I have that ten bucks you owe me? Here's a bra from the party. Oh my gosh! And walks off laughing. Yeah. Whoa. Well, that's Hellboy in, in that world. Yeah. <laughs> a real... That's weird tales. That's weird tales for That you. is weird tales for you. <laughs> uh, anything else that you really wanted to call out on that one? Oh, you know what else I like? The, the way that his fingers are like shaded. It's, uh, it's like similar to when you see like um, Colossus. In a lot of like 90s comics, like that kind of quality of having like one thick part of the line and then this like thin black line. Ah, yes. To show like a to kind of show that texture of this like in this case, like smooth stone hands. But like for Colossus, obviously like his metal body. Like I think I I always thought that was so cool looking. Yes. Yeah. I've never like attempted to draw it. Maybe I should try that. Please do. Just copy it. Yeah. I, I specifically really like his fingers. On, yeah. Like you says, on the right hand of doom is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. I love that. It's very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I like the whole look. It's just very clean and good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's all we're covering on this, on this episode uh, of our quarantine episode. Weird tales three. But that's it. We'd love to hear from all of you out there. 
Um, we want to hear your thoughts on these weird tales, your thoughts on these yeah. artists. Um, any other things you think we should check out that are um, inspired by these? We'd love to hear from you all out there. You can reach out to us directly at crap, I hope boy podcast at gmail.com. Um, remember to check out um, Mike Mignolo's art that he's currently producing right now for um, charity auction um, on his um, Instagram at art of MM. You can uh, definitely, they're just, just to look at them, you they're so cool. And also when you're on there looking at his stuff, you can check us out and stay up to date with us and leave your comments as well on Instagram. We do respond to those. That is on Instagram at a crap, a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is not the, it's just a crap, a hellboy, but at a crap, a hellboy podcast. <laughs> I said the email again, but meant to just say the Instagram handle. And then the Twitter handle is a crap hellboy. We love to have you guys there. Follow us, um, get other people to follow us. We would love that. And if you can, please go on to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Um, we prefer Apple Podcasts, but please do it on whatever source you're using if it gives you the opportunity give us a five-star rating also if you leave us a review on apple podcast with a star five-star rating and your review starts with the word boom we will read your review right here on the show and praise you give you a big shout out that's pretty much it i do i'm compiling right now another giveaway for our listeners Uh, i don't know when it will go live but of course just keep your ears you know to the podcast uh, but it will be a pretty extensive, like, thing, a giveaway. Much, even a little more bigger than the last one we did. But it should be cool. Um, I'm excited to do it. It will include, uh, it will definitely include at least one t-shirt uh, of a men's small t-shirt from Threadless of the gigantic brewing Hellboy t-shirts. Yeah. One, I'm, one of the ones I'm wearing right now as we record. <laughs> uh, so keep your... Keep out your ears out for that. Other than that, you know, I hope you're all staying sane during the quarantine and this pandemic. Yeah. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear masks when you go out. Just keep reading Hellboy. That'll help help out. True. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you all um, for listening. And remember, we love you. I'm Joel Spence. And I'm Deborah Tarika. We are co-hosts of this particular album is very, very important to me. This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them. And here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And emotional connections. Great and not so great. And we all get to listen to it through their ears. All the guests in season three, introduce yourselves, please. Hello, my name is Thomas Lennon. Hello, this is June Diane Raphael. Hey, this is Eugene Cordero. Hey, this is Keiko Agana. Hey, this is Paula Tompkins. Hello, my name is Tawny Newsom. Hello. This is Colin Hanks. Hi, this is Kirsten Bangsness. Hey, this is Matt Besser. What albums did they pick? Well, find out by subscribing to this particular album is very, very important to me on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.